Hello and welcome to Industry Elites. On this podcast, Industry Elite's very own Natalie and Vicky are going to be discussing the latest news trending around the world. Hey, it's Natalie and Vicky here with the final part of our three-part series with Dr. Jan McBaron. So let's get started kind of going over all of the diets that we've kind of just been chatting about, there's a few things I feel like if everybody pulled one item from each of these and just kind of implemented them, that could make a real difference. And it doesn't seem, obviously when we're talking about it, it doesn't seem anything has to be too extensive, but it's just about maybe just being conscious about, okay, do I really need this? Am I really hungry? Like you said, it's the brain. So it's like if people took a second maybe to think about it, to be like, oh yeah, no, I'm not really that hungry. I'm just bored and don't know what to do now. So I'm like, oh, why not eat? <laughs> and you know, the other thing is about cravings. Let's talk about cravings for just a second. A craving only lasts until you make the decision. If you, and what I mean by that is, I should eat this, no, I shouldn't. Oh, I want it, no, I can't. Oh, but it's just a piece, no, not yet. Oh, I can't have that, I shouldn't. Oh, you know, we we wrestle back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in our mind. But once we say, all right, I'm gonna eat it, and we march into the candy jar, we march into the refrigerator to get the ice cream, the craving's gone, because you've made the decision you're gonna eat it. You're not struggling anymore with the decision. And if you also understand that most cravings are environmental. In other words, there's something in your environment that stimulates you and more importantly it stimulated your taste buds and it's stimulating your saliva and that's what you're experiencing and you think you're hungry it's not that you're hungry you're just producing more saliva because you're looking at something see nobody ever looks at broccoli and goes oh boy that looks good i can hardly wait to sink my (laughs) teeth into that broccoli and that lettuce and that you know i mean what i'm saying i mean yes i like broccoli i don't crave broccoli okay but you look at ice cream or you look at candy you look at your burger with cheese you've been breaking whatever your favorite thing is you're looking at it with your taste buds. See, and that's emotion. And when we eat emotionally, we're going to gain weight. So when you learn to look at food for what it is and what it was going to do for you, again, it goes back to the mind that we were talking about earlier. When you start to embrace that concept, let me look at this and not for what it tastes like, but for what it's going to do for me. If that snicker bar is going to make you really happy and put a smile on your face. And if you can say at the end of eating this snicker bar, I'm going to be so happy I ate that. If you can Think in the future, just five minutes after you eat it, how am I going to feel? You probably aren't going to want it. You're going to say, I'm going to feel so much better if I just, if I walk out of this kitchen right now. I'm going to like myself better. I'm going to feel a sense of accomplishment better. It doesn't mean you can never have it again. It just means you're going to wait a little bit. That's all. If people would control their food instead of letting the food control them, they wouldn't be struggling with any of these seven diets about which one of these is the best one for me to follow. And I think fundamentally when you say pull something out of each one and do it, again, it goes back to what I was saying about adding. If people would add water, and now this is in general, this is people that have not been told differently by their physician, people that do not have cardiac problems, people that are not on diuretics or certain medications. So in general, for people to lose weight, if they would drink half their body weight in ounces of water every day, if they would eat at least one piece of fruit with the skin, true fruit, not canned fruit, but a piece of fruit, a good old fashioned apple or a banana or a pear. If they would do that, and if they would walk uninterrupted for 10 additional minutes to whatever they're currently doing, and they would do that every day for the next month, everybody who was doing that for weight loss would lose weight and it wouldn't be hard at all. And they could keep doing it the next month. 
and the next month. And each month, they would continue to be very successful with their weight loss. Yeah, it's not going to be like the ketogenic diet where you're going to lose 10 pounds in 10 days or 10 pounds in 15 days, something unhealthy that you're going to gain it back with, but it's something you can stick to. And it's not that hard. And again, it goes back to just adding these three. If people would manage their stress a little bit better, because one day you might go out for your 10 minute walk and say, okay, I walked away from my house for five minutes, but you know what? I think I'll go for seven. Then I'll turn around and go home. You see, it might encourage you to want to go a little bit further. You're never going to end up walking 30 minutes every day if you don't start walking 10. For sure. No, that definitely makes sense. Like I think even now people just taking a step away, like people who are working from home and on your lunch break, just going for that 10 minute walk can totally make a difference and probably change your mentality for the day. Because if you're a little stressed out, I'm sure that 10, 12, 15 minute walk could probably be a game changer and maybe you won't be so miserable at the end of the day. Sure. And we're supposed to be getting out now. The sun, we've learned the sun is good as an antiviral, which again, goes back to one of my six doctors that we talked about almost an hour ago. You know, I think the problem with dieting is any diet that you pick of all of these that we just mentioned for the most part, except Dornish, (laughs) although I told you he's hard to follow. uh, Any of these diets that you pick inherently are very unhealthy and they're short term. And so while you may be successful trying it, you're going to gain your weight right back. And the problem is when you gain your weight back, it adds one more in the back of your recesses of your mind. At least it did it to me when I would lose weight and gain it back again. And I've seen it with patients countless times. If you lose weight and gain it back again, it is very, very self-defeating. You then feel like I failed again. I swore I wasn't going to gain this back. And I just, I don't know how I gained it back. It came back and it's like, darn, now I got to start this all over again. And I swore I wasn't going to do this. So it doesn't give you a positive self-image. It doesn't give you a positive reinforcement. Gaining weight back does not give you a positive reinforcement. And if we're going to be successful in life, we need things that help us feel a positive reinforcement. We need positive reinforcement. So, and I think the bottom line is when we ask ourselves about a diet, I think really if people would throw out the term uh, or the effort or the goal of, I want to lose weight. If people would say, you know, I really want to take care of my heart. I really want to control my blood sugar better. I really want to have better brain health. I really want to have a healthier immune system. I really want to have healthier bone health. I just really want to overall have a house that I'm living in, meaning our body our house, remember I said that, that's healthier, that just overall is healthier. I want my skin to be better, my nails to be better, I want to feel better. You know, if you really want those things, if those things are your goal to feel better, you will make food choices that will make you feel better. You will. And you'll feel good about good food choices. But when you try to lose weight, it's just so negative. It's so restrictive. It's I can't do this. And adults don't want to be told what they can't do. And we don't want to be told what we can and can't eat because it's a real personal thing. Like I said, what you choose to bring into your body, when you put something in your mouth, you are putting it into your body. You are assimilating this from the outside. And you then, you've heard that expression, we we become what we eat. I don't want to be a greasy Big Mac. I don't want to be the Burgenator or Baconator, whatever the name of that was. I don't want to be, you know, French fries. And you know, the other problem that none of these have, I feel we've just, we haven't discussed today, ladies, is portion control. It is dashboard dining and portion distortion that has caused the obesity in the world. If you get it handed to you through the window of your car, it is not food. (laughs) It is not food. It's It's convenience. (laughs) It is, it is taste. It's convenience and taste, but it is not nutrition. It is not food and it is not nutrition. If people would focus on when they're eating something. It's this mindless eating. If you're driving down the street chomping on a burger, you're you're thinking about 
traffic, or you should be thinking about traffic. You shouldn't be thinking about what you're eating and consuming and feeling. You know, people should put something in their mouth and savor it, like taste what they're eating. People inhale what they eat. They take big bites. They gulp it down fast. They eat on the run. If you don't have time to eat a meal, skip it. It's not the end of the world. You know, don't race through the drive-thru and inhale your lunch for 10 minutes because you got to go get your nails done or you got to go pick your kid up or you got to do this, this, or the other thing. And, and you're just shoving these calories in mindlessly. That's not eating. That's not healthy. So, you know, these are things that really don't get addressed in most weight loss issues or cases of dieting. Everybody just wants to focus on what they're going to eat and not all the other ramifications that come with eating. Yeah, it's actually a really good point too, because when we were looking at these, again, with the water thing, there it didn't say how much to eat. It just said, eat this or that, or don't mm -hmm. eat this or that. End of story. That was kind of these diets. Right. And everybody's different. I mean, take, for example, you go into a restaurant. You go into a restaurant. If my husband and I order the same thing in a restaurant, the chef doesn't look out in the dining room and say, oh, there's Dr. McFarren. Let's give Doc, she, you know, she weighs 60 pounds less than her husband. Let's give Doc a little less food. No, I get the same amount my husband gets. And he's got 60 pounds on me. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want the same amount as a 200-pound man. You know, I, I can't eat that much food. I'll be, you know, it's like patients yeah. used to say to me, oh, my husband can eat whatever he wants. And I'm like, and how much does he weigh? And they'll say, well, he's, you know, he's 210, he's 230. I said, you want to weigh 210 or 230? Eat what he does. You'll weigh that in a heartbeat. Go right ahead. So it's just a lot to it. And I think the other thing is that it's not a lot of times what we're eating, it's what's eating us. We eat for all, a lot of reasons that are not reasons to eat. We should eat because it gives us nutrition and our body needs that. That's the reason. It's not to celebrate a birthday. It's not, you know, we eat when we're happy, we eat when we're sad. I used to say to patients, okay, I want you ladies to just remember the first, write this down, write, write the first letter of each word that I say right now. Okay. If you eat when you're fat, Write that first letter. If you eat when you're angry, write that second letter. Or you eat when you're tired, write that third letter. <laughs> See what you get? Fat. Fat. You get fat. <laughs> you get fat. You do. Frustrated, angry, or tired. So if you could just remember, look, I'm not going to eat when I'm frustrated. I'm not going to eat when I'm angry. And I'm not going to eat when I'm tired. The rest of the time I'll eat. But those three times I won't because I realize if I do, I'm going to overeat or I'm eating for the wrong reason. If you eat in those three circumstances, you're eating for the wrong reason. If you recognize that, that unto itself will help you achieve a healthier weight. Very it's true. not as glamorous as all these other diets. It's not as glamorous as, you know, you can't hashtag fat, you know, <laughs> you can't hashtag <laughs> like you can keto diet or intermittent fasting. So... You know, it's just, it's, it really is also very interesting. There's, I found over the years of treating bariatric patients, the amount of patients, the number of patients rather that would say to me, I know how to lose weight. I'm like, really? Well, what brings you in the door then? You know, if you know it all, you know how to do it, then what's the deal? Well, well, Very true. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> like, there's just so many excuses. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just say to me, the other thing I used to get just like so tired of hearing patients say to me, oh, it's just common sense. You just have to, you have to eat less and exercise more. I know that. Well, okay. If you think it's just common sense, be my guest, have at it. If it was just that simple, then why would anybody, anybody with any degree of common sense be fat? Why would we be overweight? If it's just a matter of common sense, if it's just a matter of willpower, if it's just a matter of eat less and exercise more, then why are we a nation of overweight individuals? It's not that simple. It's just not that simple. And all of these diets that we're talking about don't address all the things that we've addressed intermittently throughout this podcast, which is why do we eat? What's the purpose of eating? What are the nutrients we need? What's eating us that we're causing ourselves to overeat? 
all of that. All of that is really the key to a permanent, true, successful weight loss. Fair. Have you found a change kind of in your clients now with this quarantine? Um, like I found myself personally, like disclaimer, by no means am I an expert. I've learned so much today. But I find myself kind of not being able to do anything. I live in a city core. I can't really go out and just walk around now um, without kind of being near people. So I found myself way more uber aware of what I'm eating. And I've been working out probably more than I have in my entire adult life. I've been calling it my jail fitness, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Do you kind of find any of those changes in your clients? Or do you find they're more kind of right now, like, oh, I need help. Like I'm at home every day and it's kind of becoming an issue for me. Well, I think I think a lot of people right now, because they've been homebound, they're not seeking to go to bariatric doctors or to go to weight loss clinics or, or that sort of thing. But I think it'll come back as we get back into the norm or whatever the norm becomes, people will still start, will go back to seeking qualified advice for how to lose weight successfully and, and be healthy. So I think everybody's gone through this right now of being in the house and it's been easy to pick up a couple of pounds with unless you consciously made a decision to establish some type of routine. Same way when somebody for the first time gets the ability to work at home, they'll gain weight unless they say, I got to develop a pattern, a new routine for myself. See, because typically what do we do when we get home? We eat, we get home, we get home from work. We eat when we get home from work, we snack at night, watching the TV, the boob tube, and we eat on weekend because that's our days off. Well, and so when we don't go to work and we're home, we still have that mental set of, I need to be eating right. So you, I want to applaud for getting, having the ability to say, I need to try to exercise more and really watch what I'm eating right now. So you'll come through the whole quarantine a lot better than most people that have just thrown their hands up and said, to heck with it. I don't care. I'm, I'm, this is COVID-19 and I'm going to have COVID 20 pounds on me by the time I get out of quarantine. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you do. And that's, and that's a good thing. But even if people haven't have fallen into the trap and have picked up a few pounds right now, there's no reason they can't start to do the things we're saying. We all have water in our house. We can drink water. We all can, even if you can't walk for 10 minutes, walk around your living room or your dining room area, try to find a way to walk more. You know, it's just, and now that we're able to get out more, people should be able to get a 10 minute walk in somewhere. But, you know, and a final note on about the exercise and eating, fundamentally move your knee more than your elbow and you'll probably not have a weight problem. I like that. That's really good. (laughs) I mean, we're human beings. We're designed to move. It's like, you know, you can't, you can't have a nice car and never take it out and drive it. You got to drive it to keep it running. An airplane, an airplane has to be in the air for good maintenance. You can't leave it sitting in a hangar. You know, even your bicycle, you got to get your bike out and ride it to keep the bike operating properly. Well, we're human beings. We don't move the way we should. You know, we're designed to move Mm -hmm. and we need to move and you'll feel better when you do. There have been plenty of times when I've gotten up in the morning because I'm a morning person for exercise because I can control the start of the day a lot better than I can the end of the day. The other reason I do my exercise in the morning is because all I have to do in order to do it is set the alarm earlier. That's it. That's it. As long as I set the alarm early enough that I'll do my exercise, I'll get it done. And the other thing I like doing it in the morning because then it's not hanging over my head all day. I'm not saying, oh, That's I got to do this tonight. I got to do this tonight. And I have this sense of accomplishment all day. And I know that if I get out of bed 30 minutes earlier and I go for a half hour walk, that I will feel better after that 30 minutes of walking than I will if I stayed in bed 30 more minutes and hit that snooze alarm. I mean, I know that. And I have never, there's been plenty of mornings when it's dark and cold or wet and I don't feel like doing it. Nobody in your right mind volunteers to get out of bed in the cold, dark, wet, rainy winter, right? I mean, it's like, I mean, who, what's the choice? I want to go outside and get 
and that, or I want to stay in this nice, warm, cozy bed. I mean, any human being in the right mind is going to say, I'm going to stay in this cozy bed. So I always make the decision at night before I go to sleep. Before I go to bed, I say, when that alarm clock goes off, I'm getting up and going out the door. And I, that's done. It goes off and I get up and I go. And there have been plenty of mornings when maybe I didn't want to go exercise, but I never, ever, ever finished exercising and said, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah, you never Fair. regret it. <laughs> you never say, I'm sorry I did that. Maybe if you hurt yourself, that's a different story. But just for <laughs> exercising, you know, you never say, I'm sorry I exercised. I'm sorry I went for, you know, a 10-minute walk today. I'm so sorry. I wish I'd stayed in bed 10 minutes longer instead of going for a nice 10-minute walk. It's rewarding. So congratulations to you. But I think right now, if people are still quarantined or not getting out like they want, they can do something about their weight right now. They can still do something about it and not just say, well, I'll worry about it later. Because today is later. Today mm -hmm. is later. Well, that's definitely a really good insight on. And I think a lot of people who are going to be listening to this can really take that in and understand that you have to make those changes now in order to see that difference long term. But I think to kind of close out our conversation and just end all the discussions that we've been having is just maybe hear a little bit more about your experience with weight loss. If you wanted to just chat with us about it and how that kind of integrated into the career path you were on for the last, I believe, 30 plus years. That's right. Long time. So. I struggle with my own weight issues. I remember being a nurse. When I was a nurse, I was overweight. And I remember going to my doctor and saying, you got to give me something to lose weight. I, I know I need some help. And he said to me, I, I want you to try the PAP diet. I said, what's that? I said, I, 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 of course I'll try it. I, I'll try anything. I've tried so many diets. I, you know, I tried, you know, exercising where rigorously in the gym, I'd lose weight and gain it back again because uh, I couldn't keep it up. I tried, you know, no carb diet. I'd lose weight and gain it back again. I mean, I tried every single diet. I tried the all liquid diet, gained that right back. I tried so many different diets and I was really frustrated. And I asked my physician because I'd lost and gained and lost and gained and lost and gained. Yeah. And I was a nurse. I was a registered nurse. I had a BSN. So I was thinking I'm an educated woman. I should be able to do this. What's the matter with me? Why can't I, why can I not do this? Why do I lose and gain? Why am I yo-yoing so yeah. forever? Anyway, so bottom line is, and, and incidentally, all of my siblings are all poker thin. They're all reed thin. So I, it's not genetic for me. I can't blame it on my genes. I didn't grow up in a fat household. I had thin parents, thin siblings. I was the chubby one. Anyway, bottom line is I'm so tired of yo-yo dining. And I asked my doctor, yeah, okay, I'll try the pad diet with the pad diet. And you know what he said to me? He said, push yourself away from the table. In other words, he viewed weight loss as strictly a lack of willpower, a character flaw, like I should be smarter than this. I'm an RN, I'm a BSN, I should know better. And I just remember thinking, this, uh, something's got to change. If this is the way the medical establishment thinks you should lose weight is just cut your calories, and this is the advice my doctor's given me, I thought this isn't, this can't be right. So bottom line is I, I was fortunate enough because I had a bariatric doctor who lived in my area. Actually, he didn't live that close to me, but he was two hours away and I had heard he was good. And I went to him and I said, tell me what to lose. Tell me how to do this. And uh, many of the things that I've shared with you over this past time were things that he helped me learn and that I started to do. And then it was like, oh my God, yeah, I really am losing weight. This is working. So my last weight loss, I lost, I have lost, I lost 20 pounds and gained 30, lost 30. 30 and gained 40, lost 40 and gained 50, went all the way up to 70 pounds. My last weight loss was 70 pounds. And I did wow, it congratulations. doing, well, thank you. 
doing the things that I'm telling all of our listeners on this podcast to do. No matter what, every day I had my eight glasses of water. I always had a piece of fruit and I always walked 10 minutes every day. And that's how I started. And I never stopped. I still do those three things. Sometimes I do more, but those three things I do every day, whether it's Christmas day, whether it's my birthday, well, I gave up on them a long time. No matter what day of the week it is, no matter it's Saturday, Sunday, vacation, I make myself do those three things every day. And that's just been part of my life. So it, for me, I quit dieting and I made lifestyle change. That's how I lost my 70 pounds and have kept it off. And subsequently, I had decided I wanted to be a physician because I thought I need to learn more for me, for me. So I decided yeah. to go to medical school, not that there was anything wrong with being a nurse. Nursing is a wonderful career. My hat goes off to nurses, but I decided after I had my BSN that I really wanted to get a medical doctorate degree. So I had to go back to school and get another degree through pre-med. Then I got into medical school. Then I did my, my internship. So then I decided, because I was in surgery at that point, I decided that I didn't want to do surgery anymore. What I wanted to do was I really wanted to help people lose weight correctly, correctly. So I went and did a fellowship in bariatric medicine in Atlanta. Then I opened my practice in Columbus, Georgia. And so, and I specialized in bariatrics only. Now today they don't like to use the word bariatrics. They like to use the word obesity medicine. I don't like to use the word obesity medicine because nobody likes to consider themselves obese. Better. Yeah, I could see that being, <laughs> they I don't. could see that. They don't. They, I would want someone most, to say that. Most people don't like that label. They're okay if they're overweight. They're okay if they need a weight loss specialist doctor, but they're not okay being called obese. It still has that very negative label attached to it. But in today's day and age, that's more of a, an accepted medical term to see if you're looking to have a doctor help you lose weight. An obesity specialist would be the term, or like in my case, a medical bariatrician. And we could do another podcast another day about bariatric surgery if you want, but Definitely. that's not what I did. So I think what made me or allows me to take care of patients as well as I do or to help people as well as I can, and that's not meant to sound sarcastic. It's meant to be, I've been in their shoes. I don't ask any of my patients to do what I wouldn't do or do, don't do. I can't sit and say to a patient, I need you to drink water. And then I'm going home drinking soda. I can't say to a patient, you know, why don't you think about adding more fruit in your, in your food plan? And then I never touch a piece of fruit. I, I can't, I can relate to the patients because I do what they, what I ask them to do. And I understand where they're coming from. I understand how you feed your emotions. I understand how, what it's like to hide food. I understand what it's like to be a closet eater. You know, I used to, my girlfriend, she said, Oh, all you ever do is eat a salad. I can't believe it. You're so good. How you, you're so good. I can't believe you still have a weight problem when all you ever eat for lunch at work is a salad. Yeah, well, you don't see what I eat when I go home at night, you know? It's like, if no one sees me eat it, then it doesn't count. There's no calories. They just have these little rules. There's no calories if I was standing when I ate. There's no calories as long as I don't use a utensil or a plate. In other words, if I eat right out of the bag, like a whole bag of cookies, well, Mm -hmm. That didn't really count. I mean, these little tricks you play with your mind. Like, oh, just this one cookie won't hurt. Well, you know what? I just learned, don't <laughs> buy the cookies. So. so then that got me into bariatrics and I've really been able to enjoy a very successful career in, in helping people lose weight and have written several books about it and of course the podcasts. And, and now I do a lot of time, well, not right this particular moment, but it, this be pre-quarantine have done an awful lot of public speaking uh, for weight loss and how to do it correctly. Well, we are very glad that you were able to join us on the podcast today. I think the relatability that you have from your past experiences and really being able to help people because you've been in their shoes is a huge positive for many. And I think people listening to this will really benefit from hearing your expertise and hearing the things that you've even gone through yourself. So really overjoyed that you were able to chat with us. I think it was an amazing discussion and we're excited 
excited for any future chats with you. So thank you. I'm going to tell you how difficult weight loss is and how much people truly admire someone who has been able to lose weight and keep it off. And all of these diets that we already covered today, people will lose weight, but gain it back. So let me just share a real personal anecdote about how, I don't want to say envious because that's not the right word, but how much in admiration people hold someone who has lost weight and been able to keep it off. How much respect that garnered. Let me give you a real good example. So I have, I've been fortunate enough, I'm a glutton for education, that I have two doctorate degrees. I have both a medical doctorate degree and then I went back to school after my MD and got a naturopathic doctorate degree so I could learn about herbs and vitamins and minerals, you know, something that balanced my medical doctorate. Because a medical doctor, you know, they do chemotherapy, drugs, radiation, drugs, 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 you know, MD means more drugs. But an MD, a naturopathic doctor says, no, I want to look towards the plant kingdom. I want to look towards, you know, vitamins and minerals and herbals and more holistic medicine. So I wanted to get both doctorate degrees so I could be the best doctor I could be to all my patients. I could represent both sides of how to solve a problem instead of just one. Anyway, when I said to you that I had lost 70 pounds and have kept it off, you said to me, congratulations. When I speak to a group and I explain to them what I just did to you about my credentials and I say I'm a double doctorate, there's not a peep in the crowd. When I get to the point that I lost 70 pounds and kept it off, a lot of times people either say congratulations or I get a round of applause. In other words, it is more impressive to somebody to be able to see somebody who has lost weight and kept it off than it is to see somebody that's achieved high levels of education. So that shows you how important it is to people and how how special, how much it means to people to be able to say, I, I want to lose weight and keep it off. I mean, it's something a lot of people want to achieve, but quite frankly, in the back of their mind, thinks it's unattainable, which is why they gain it back. They know if they do this particular keto diet or this diet or that diet, they know they're going to gain it back anyway. But for the time being, they'll feel better. They'll feel yeah. a sense of accomplishment. So they, they go into dieting with the whole wrong mindset of I'm going to do this short term and going to gain it back again. And they may not do that on a conscious level, but they sure do it on an unconscious level. So thank you for indulging me in this much time. I really enjoyed it. I hope our listeners did. And I hope we get to do something like this again. Yeah, yeah for Thanks. sure. Thank you, ladies.